all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Nice. Thank you. You're not going to do your your thing? Oh, well, I, I thought I only did that when I hosted. Or maybe not. You've well, done it. Okay. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our, our Discord. I Discard. noticed I called it that last week. Discord. <laughs> and our Facebook discussion group. Yes, indeed. Do all those things. Yes. Would you like to explain why you sound just a wee bit? Your voice is a little deeper. You sound a little hoarser. Yeah, I went to uh, game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Of all, all of the playoff games? This of, was the the hur- first? of the Hurricanes, yes. This was their first game. Okay, so it wasn't a few others had been Mm-mm. played? Yeah, they, okay. the, yeah, the playoffs started on Saturday. Yes, on Saturday. And we're recording this on Tuesday, so mm-hmm. you went on the 17th. I did. Last night. Yes. And who won? Hurricanes five to two. Yay! You said it was a really chippy game too, right? It was. It was very like the very first physical. period. They did, it's not going to show up that way on the highlights. Mm. But if you <laughs> they were cut out all the fights, I think they <laughs> not. I think they did. They definitely did. Yeah. Like the uh, yeah the first period, like towards the end of it, like me and Chad were looking at it, and we're like, wow, this game's like pretty violent. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys watched hockey back in the nineties, so yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah it was definitely a chippy game, and I I said right away I was like they I was like they can't keep going down this road. I'm like that. That's going to favor Nashville. The, them being violent? Yes. How so? Well, that's just not their style. Oh, okay. It's just, gotcha. you know, I mean, they can play that They're way. They're not if, a rough team. Oh, uh, they can be, mm. but that's just not their game. That's Nashville's game. Mm. So so it almost indicated like they were giving a little, little bit of control over? Uh, Just not knowing exactly what to do. Mm. Took them a little little bit to figure out the game, and but it was a... It was it was weird and it was a lot of fun at the same time. Being in a stadium, well, yes. so here in North Carolina on let's see Friday the fourteenth mm-hmm. of May. Uh, so first of all, the CDC on on that day uh, changed the guidelines <clears throat> here in the U.S. saying that people who had been vaccinated can pretty much return to life as normal. Um, but, and I am one of those people. Well, we are both yes. two of those people. Mm-hmm. We're we are each two of those one people. of those people. Um, uh, but that everyone who hasn't been vaccinated should just carry on with precautions, which, let's face it, most people in the U.S. who haven't been vaccinated at this point, by especially most of them are by choice, or many are by choice, probably weren't going to follow those rules all that strictly in the first place. So our governor lifted the mask mandate here for, again, for vaccinated people, but also they didn't mandate it for unvaccinated people. I mean, we know how that would have gone. Probably would have lost him the next election, frankly. Um, so they highly suggest that people wear masks, which of course they're not. But um, Everybody so, was in the game, though. That's like every, great. I'm really glad. And that, because PNC I didn't see, Arena was mm-hmm. um, well, under enforcing the, that, under right? the It's still an NHL rule. Oh, good. That's very um, responsible of the NHL. I'm glad. But uh, I didn't see anybody being childish or caring like everybody was just like it was it it was kind of understood 
it was kind of understood that mm-hmm. in order for us to have this fun, like, we just have to do this little small thing. Yeah, like, we can like, all and it's, get along here yeah. by just doing this, and we get to see this, and yes. this is amazing. And, the, yes, the, the payoff, the trade-off was mm-hmm. worth it, and mm-hmm. it felt a little weird at first, but then once the game got going, it just felt, it mm-hmm. felt like normal. Yeah. Which was even better. Do you think you felt you had to yell louder through your mask? <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> probably. It. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was saying to myself. This I was like, wow, that's really like the first time I've yelled and screamed in like 18 months. <laughs> right, which I was saying that's yeah. a good thing because it's just been the two of us for 18 yeah. months more or less. So, <laughs> so yes. Yeah, because I had, I had not been to a game since February of last, like, two weeks before that's right yeah. we went into lockdown mm-hmm. that was the last yeah, time was i was really at a game recent mm-hmm. yeah or very close to that yeah yeah i went to that game too yes yes you were there. couldn't tell you much about it but i went <laughs> the, to the rangers won yay as, as in that time period they always did well yay for danny because he's a, he was yes. a rangers fan right now he has he's contractually obligated to he's be a con- yes fan. he is <laughs> but it was a lot of fun i i didn't feel really that anxious at all i i Good. i got the sense that nobody i i got the sense that everybody felt like like this is like a first step back to yeah things being normal so let's not screw it up yeah so yeah. let's not waste it for anybody yeah that's yeah. good that's, that's the good. overall vibe i got and yeah. plus just the in, i mean the intensity just being in there with, yeah. with that many people like i I I definitely got goosebumps like once the game started going that's awesome yeah Very it was fun cool. and you got to hang out with your cousin which is always nice yes very good. Very good. And the Canes won, which and was the, the best Canes part. And the Canes won. Cherry on top. 15 wins to go. Wow. <laughs> to win the... To win the Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Okay. All right, then. And the, Well, they didn't win the President's Trophy, which, they did according not. to you, is... Uh, it's, it's a bit of a... Uh, good. It's a bit of a jinx. There, huh? Yeah. <laughs> if you win the uh, best regular season team, rarely do those teams often go on to win the Stanley mm. Cup. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, but anyway, enough about enough about me. Let's talk about taxes. Yes. Tax season is over. <laughs> Officially today, Yay. yes. Yes, and in fact, I got uh, emails today from, you know, like my the um, professional associations I belong to or whatever, and they're all like, happy end of tax season. Now sign up for your continuing education. <laughs> now like, get your ass uh, back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst also doing grad school, so... Um, but that's been okay so far. I haven't gotten my first grades back, so I, I say it's been okay. I don't know. I'm Maybe sure. I completely I'm missed sure the mark on my uh, assignments. But at any rate, I have had more time to work on research. For research. Yes. And I have dug into a topic and a half. Actually, it's a double topic because this is going to span, as everyone who has seen the title will know, this is going to span... Just two episodes. It's not going to be more than two. I learned. I think I, I learned with Chernobyl. It, I thought you said it was going to span generations. <laughs> no, I, I think people learned with, or I learned with Chernobyl that like two is usually enough to tell any yeah. story. <laughs> I drug that one out, but uh, that's but okay. This, I mean, it was a lot of research. Yeah, that was early on in our our podcast. It was lore. that was what our fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. episodes. <laughs> now we're at two hundred three. Our fiftieth. Our 50th episode and uh anniversary or whatever right 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 right, right. not for 50th yeah year. Not, we're not at 50 years yet <laughs> no i don't think i don't we got 46 if we'd have to, to go. be doing this in our you'd be <laughs> 90 be mine. you'd be 90 <laughs> yes, i would who knows well, well maybe hello. 
maybe, hey, maybe, by, maybe by then they can just store our brains in like a freeze chamber <laughs> and then and then reintroduce Hello, us to the <laughs> I'm Rachel. <laughs> and this is All Bad Things. Follow us on our Insta Twitter Facebook. I don't know why I'm a robot not... <laughs> can't move its lips, but anyway. I was going to say you haven't watched any Boston Dynamics videos lately. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen those police dogs. Those yeah, they're creepy. Creepy. Man. I don't like anything Boston Dynamics is doing. <laughs> I really don't. But you know what those dogs can't do? Bite you on the face. That is true. So there's that. So they can just electroshock you. Yeah, they could kill you still. <laughs> anyway, I've been I, I don't know if that's true, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> Boston Dynamics is going to be like, David, you've been slandering yeah, us. Like cease and desist letter is in the mail. Um, I, I wouldn't be stunned if that was true. I'll put it that way. <laughs> or you would be stunned if it was true. Get it? Uh-uh. Ah. Uh, I believe it now. <laughs> um... So, unfortunately, tonight we are only drinking uh, your favorite national local beer. Yes, everybody's favorite. Not because just mine. this is like a you want to drink something different uh, story. The more I dug into it, the okay. worse it got. So, so we should be drinking uh, hard liquor for the next episode. Or at least a strong craft. There we go. You know, um, but uh, I've been teasing this topic to you a little bit. Our listeners know what it is. Do you have any guesses? I have no guesses. Okay. So this is the story. Part one. Of the 2019 Fakati White Island eruption. Okay. So. 2019. On on December 9th, 2019. The volcanic New Zealand island of Fakati White Island erupted. 47 people were on the island at the time. 22 would die of the eruption. Wow. And the remaining 25 were all injured, most of them critically or severely. Damn. So, when I cite the sources, we'll get into where you've heard this before. Uh, And I've got a ton of them, and I'll probably have more to add next week. Uh, One News New Zealand, 60 Minutes Australia, Nine News Australia, The Accident Compensation Corporation of New Zealand, Australian Geographic, The Daily Mail, General Kinematics, uh, Jenny.com, possibly G-E-N-I. Not not Jenny Craig. No. (laughs) Geonet, The Guardian, Insider.com, The Journal of Petrology, Academic article written by J.W. Cole, T. Thordardson, and R.M. Burt in June twenty twenty or June two thousand. Sorry, uh, published June two thousand. National Geographic, The New Zealand Herald, NPR's Shortwave podcast, New Zealand Pocket Guide on YouTube, uh, the Otago Daily Times, Outside Magazine. That was a huge source for me. It was an excellent article called The True Story of the White Island Eruption by Alex Perry, um, published in April 2020. Radio New Zealand, SBS News, The Straight Times, Wikipedia, and TikTok user Steffi Wavy. Okay. I've told you about her. So I did not hear about this, that I recall. When it happened at all. I mean, this is less than a year and a half. I know. You have showed. Yes. That's, that's where I know have. this from. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that is where I learned of this. And only a few months ago um, when I followed Stephanie um, on TikTok. So uh, her her username is at S-T-E-P-H-Y-W-A-B-Y. Her name is Stephanie Browett, and we'll get into her for sure. Um, she, spoiler alert, she is uh, one of the 
eruption survivors, mm-hmm. obviously, or she wouldn't be active on TikTok. <clears throat> um, but she was one of the most severely injured survivors. And she had it on film. Or there, well, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll into get to it. That. It yeah. wasn't her. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, if you're on TikTok, absolutely follow her. She's pretty amazing. So, and we will get, we will talk a lot about her. So as always, we're going to get started in our geography corner, um, and history corner. So we did the Christ 2011 Christchurch, uh, mm-hmm. earthquake not long ago. So yeah. we, we talked about New Zealand in general, um, and there's, uh, going to be a lot of. Well, there's going to be some Maori in in this. So Fakari, well, we'll get into the name of of it. But anyway, um, in Maori, New Zealand is Aotearoa. So uh, anyway, we uh, talked about the Christchurch earthquake. uh, And do you remember that uh, New Zealand lies along fault lines? Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're going to get into that. So Fakari is an active volcano and volcanic island. So I, I at different times call it a volcano and an island. But it is a volcanic it's, island, right? Mm-hmm. It's both. Sure. So. Like Hawaii. Yes. Uh-huh. It, except this one, we'll get into mm-hmm. it. Um, it is 30 miles or 48 kilometers off the sort of north and eastern coast of the North Island, or Te Ika Amaui, in the Bay of Plenty, or, or Te Moana Atoi, and part of our oft-mentioned ring of fire in the Pacific. So I have a picture of where this shows up on Google Maps. So right where the pin is. Okay. So that's the north northern of the two islands of New Zealand. And this is the Bay of Plenty. And then Auckland's up here. Christchurch okay. is down in the southern island. Okay. So, and you can see it's it's pretty close to the coast. Only yeah, 30 it's not miles. that far. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, so... As I said, because the country of New Zealand lies along the Pacific and Australian tectonic plates, it leads to both volcanic and earthquake activity, as we mentioned in the Christchurch episode. Um, So the volcano and the island uh, is officially named Fakari slash, like an actual slash, White Island. Um, I am referring to it throughout mostly as Fakari for the sake of brevity, um, because I like the name better myself. And also it was the first name it was given. That's the Maori name. White Island <laughs> was the very unfortunate choice of white settlers. I was just going to say New that's Zealand. what the British named it. They're like, they're like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. White Island. Like that works. Whatever. What'd yeah. You, what'd you guys call it? Nah. Yeah. White Island. So like a lot of places in New Zealand, it has both a Maori and a English name, uh, or settler name. So the name Fakari, which is spelt W-H-A-K-A-A-R-I, so W-H's in Maori are pronounced like F, so it's Fakari, comes from the full Maori name for the volcano, which is Tepuya Fakari, which means the dramatic volcano. So this place is terrifying, but there is no denying how gorgeous it is. So I'm going to show you some pieces, uh, some pictures. And it really oh, wow. is just like, this is New Zealand, obviously. Mm-hmm. This is just gorgeous. Um, we'll talk about what the yellow is. Uh, it's minerals. Oh, okay. Specifically sulfur. Okay. So, Interesting. This is the crater. Oh, yeah. That looks like a good swimming hole. No. no I'm kidding. Very no. Yes, it's a crater. It's also boiling water. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and... That's some steam coming out of. Mm-hmm. Some steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it's not a huge island. No. Even from this vantage point, you can kind of tell. Well, probably the only place to kind of settle on it looks to be like right here. Yes, right on the you, front it, of it. you can you can dock there mm. and uh, the crater area mm-hmm. is sort of accessible. It's actually because you're not going to walk around no, the those like are, the walls. Those are literally like mountaintops. Yeah. yeah. Um, Volcanic mountaintops. Yes, the actual like surrounding area around the crater is relatively flat. It's a it's a pretty hmm. accessible, um, like even uh, elderly people can walk it pretty easily because hmm. it's not that treacherous. Interesting. So, uh, of course, we'll talk about should anybody be visiting an active volcano and what could happen as a result. So, well, I think we know the end result of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Fakari as a word on its own in Maori n- means something like to be made visible or exposed to view, but Tepuya Fakari means the dramatic volcano. And it is. It's very dramatic. That's an apt name. Uh, so, uh, like I said, this volcano is along this complicated fault system along New Zealand. People a lot smarter than me who have articles in the Journal of Petrology <laughs> have figured out its exact geological peculiar- peculiarities in a way I cannot adequately understand or convey, but it has its own fault zone, Fakati. It's called the White Island Fault Zone. So it's volatile land we're talking about here. Here's all the little faults and ridges and stuff around the island itself, mm-hmm. so you can see all that's going on. Mm-hmm. What I have come to realize about New Zealand, and I'll be Captain Obvious here, is that it's a very geologically complicated place. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, it actually has, as a volcano, it has two overlapping cones and 22 vents. So it's a lot of places for eruptions to happen. <laughs> so Yes. Yeah. The volcano itself is thought to have roots going back to 150,000 years. So, like most things in places that experience colonialism, Fakati was also given its English name, White Island, by none other than British explorer Captain James Cook himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he named it because of the white clouds, which steam like it is a volcano, emanating from it. So in that one picture that we saw with the the steam coming out of it, that's what he saw. And so he called it White Island because he was so imaginative. That that's the I wonder if that's the with. same person that discovered the Cook Islands. I believe so. This is, yeah. James Cook is a mm-hmm. big, exp- I believe he was an Arctic explorer as well. I could be making that up. <laughs> um, so another consequence of colonization was the attempt to mine at Fakati in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, specifically mining sulfur. Sure. So I'll admit something, and please be kind because remember, I homeschooled myself and took the GED. I thought sulfur was just a gas. <laughs> I didn't know it existed as a solid, and yes, it does. It's a mineral, and it's on the table of elements, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, I don't know either, even, uh, though, even though I... Even though I work in a job which requires science. Yeah. <laughs> and those table of elements. <laughs> but you don't have to use the table No, of somebody elements. somebody else figured that shit out. Like I just have to I just have to do the the, the labor. <laughs> yeah, they didn't they didn't bring me in there to like figure out shit. <laughs> They're like, it's already figured out. We just need you to do it. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So sulfur does exist as a solid, it's yellow. So that's why there are these yellow trails. 
coming off sure, the island makes sense. is um, that sulfur. Um, and it's the current that's picking yes. it up and dragging mm-hmm. it. Yep, yep, it's going through the current of the mm-hmm. water, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so very interestingly, uh, sulfur was also known as brimstone. So when you hear the term okay. fire, fire and brimstone, brimstone, they're talking about sulfur. Hmm. Fire and sulfur. Um, also, uh, it seems that there are forms of sulfur as gases, but they are named accordingly like sulfur dioxide, sulfur hexafluoride. Um, oh, and I wrote, can you tell I was homeschooled? Yeah, anyway. So at any rate, in 1914, another bad thing happened on the island. The unimaginatively named company White Island Sulfur Company Limited was conducting mining operations there. And because it is a volcano, Fakari has a crater, which we saw. And it is beautiful. It's one of the more breathtaking features of the island. Well, one day in September of 1914, while the miners were there, part of the top of the rim of the crater collapsed, Mm. caused a landslide, which technically is known as a lahar. I guess, L-A-H-A-R, which is more or less like a landslide made of volcanic material. Okay. So it wasn't an eruption, but it was a landslide or a lahar, and it killed all 12 workers present. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, Very sadly, also, well, okay, 12 workers present. That's very sad. Secondarily sad is the fact that they had five cats on the island, too, Mm. and four of the five of them were also killed. One named Peter the Great was found alive three weeks later on the island. I believe he was a ginger, I read. Of course he was. (laughs) If we had a a landslide in, like, a lahar in our house, Demetrius would figure out how to survive three weeks. Yeah, so so would Jesse. (laughs) Jesse, Jesse's pretty good with that stuff. Sure. We'll give our cats credit for things that will never happen. Exactly. We're nowhere near a volcano. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) That's one thing we don't have to worry about in the middle of North Carolina is a volcano. That's true. I'd like to avoid them. Yes, in general. You know, just sort of. So there are still portions of the structures on the island, like uh, relics or ruins almost from the mining operations, um, which continued after 1914, but eventually stopped in the 30s. You're not going to let 14 dead workers stop you in your tracks. Only 12 and 14. Oh, 12, I'm sorry. See, even less. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what is kind of bizarre is that Fakari is, and has been for quite some time, a privately owned island. So what's really bizarre to me is that you can own a volcano. Sure. Like, how Why do you not? own something that's completely uncontrolled and can kill people? Well, I mean, uh, if you want to watch one of... To me, it's it probably to most people would be a boring-ass documentary, but to me it was really fascinating. Is, Prohibition, uh, Ken Burns, anything No, no, no. Like no. Well, Burns? it is Ken Burns. Um, <laughs> uh, I was right. But uh, his documentary on the national parks, the, oh, okay. and he calls it America's mm-hmm. Best Idea, because at one time, people were trying to privatize and privately own, that's like true. the Grand Canyon and places like that. What would have been better is if we had never tried to uh, settle in the first place. Well, seeing as, how, that, seeing as how that had already been done. That should have sailed. <laughs> like, the federal government was like, no, like we should probably preserve this for everybody to mm. see, not for just some... But whatever. Yeah. For people to uh, strip like, dry like, like of all Like this belongs resources. to all of us instead of just you, you know, this Mr. Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't like that song. I don't think the 1%. They're like, well, no. They're like, no, it's my land. I <laughs> well, bought it, and I don't pay taxes on it either. <laughs> right? Well, also, you need to uh, hear all the verses of that song. I'm sure. <laughs> that was yeah, the... I'm sure they left some out. No, it was Woody Guthrie. It was like a little, uh, 
like a the, there was a no trespassing sign. Huh, this land is your land. It's like a sardonic. It was an ironic song. Sure. It was like a protest song. That anyway, damn, that damn Woody Guthrie. Uh, you want to say that again? Uh, whatever. <laughs> no, I just said <laughs> what Woody Guthrie. Huh? Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. Um, he, he he just keeps coming up in, in episodes. <laughs> have we there. mentioned him a lot? Before? Oh yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> we did the Dust Bowl. Well, we did, of course. He was, well, he, was he is the that. voice of the Dust Bowl. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. So, uh, Vacati had been granted ownership by lawsuit in Maori Land Court in the 19th century, then was sold in 1874 before being sold again to its current owners in 1936. So it's been in the same family for going on 100 years now. Uh, the person who bought it was a New Zealand stockbroker named George Raymond Buttle, and it remains in his family trust. So the Buttle family owns Fakati. Why don't they just call it Buttle Island? Because I'm, think I'm of kidding. it. <laughs> but even more bizarre, perhaps, than the fact that a volcano can be privately owned is the fact that it's an actual active volcano. And there's a dollar value that it's been valued at. Sure. Uh, 72,000 New Zealand dollars, which is about 53,000 US. So we can buy it. Easily. We could sell our house and buy Bacati. Well, I would assume that they're not looking to sell. And that, but maybe. Well, they just had a. Well, we'll talk about tourism down the road. This is probably when they're most likely looking to sell. Well. (laughs) Um, We're coming, coming, New Zealand. Not only is Fakari an active volcano, it is New Zealand's most active volcano. Uh, it technically erupted, get this, from December 1975 to, or December 75, yeah, to September 2000. It erupted what? for 25 years continuously. No oh, shit. Yes. Uh, no. Now, okay. we're not talking spewing eruptions. No, but we're talking about activity. Activity. Yeah. Constant, technically erupting activity mm-hmm. for 25 years, which is the longest eruption in recorded history. I'll, I hope so. And hopefully that will not be. Yeah. yeah. That's a record <laughs> we don't need to be broken. <laughs> yep. The tip of Fakari is what is visible as an island, but the huge bulk of it is well underwater. Here is some scale on that of what is visible in the crater. And then the CNN Sky Tower for reference. Oh, okay. So we've got, what, 800 meters high? Uh, So that's about 2,600 feet. So close to half a mile. Okay. Half a mile tall from the ocean floor. I'm in. in. Let's do it. Uh, Let's keep listening before we decide. Let's not get panicky here. I'm not. (laughs) Believe me. Though privately owned, the island is not inhabited. Fortunately, no one's been bizarre enough to decide to to live on this island although those miners did mm. so that was the last time anybody lived on the island uh on, the only visitors allowed on the island are those who visit using registered tour operators um or rather i should say the only visitors who were allowed spoiler alert as of december 20 december well the after afternoon evening of december 9th uh 2019 no tours have operated and I don't know if they ever will. I mean, I would be kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. Um, uh, the first tour groups, so the beginning of tourism on the island, started developing around the early 1990s. 
eventually growing into larger companies or sold to larger companies. And these groups would offer boat trips directly to the island, as well as helicopter tours to land on the island and also view the island from the air. I mean, a lot of the um, pictures that we've got are from either helicopters Mm -hmm. or drones or whatever that are over. Now, I'm going to talk a lot about why in the world they ever allowed tourism on an active volcano. Uh, But I have to say, I did watch a YouTube video by, I mentioned them in the... um, in the sources, uh, New Zealand Pocket Guide or NZ Pocket Guide on YouTube, they posted the entire tour that the people who were on the tour at the time of the eruption went on. Okay. Down to these people, I was like, who are their guides? The same guides mm. were present um, on these people's tour as, as on the other. So, um, it was posted July, 2018 and they show the whole tour and it does look amazing. Um, we can, we can watch it. If, like sure. I can show it to you. It is pretty cool. Um, so as I said, Fakari is very active. And after the record breaking 25 year long eruption, uh, that's not like that was the end of activity at Fakati, like until this, until this eruption. Um, there were multiple other eruptions of various activities, meaning some were vents, some were full-blown eruptions. In the winter of 2012, there were more signs of volcanic activity. Now, I say winter, meaning our summer, because remember, we're on the other uh, hemisphere. Um, that resulted in a smaller eruption at the beginning of August, so August 2012. Activity continued through to 2013, and another small eruption took place also in August, but of 2013. So it was like a year of stuff going on. On April 27th, 2016, a much more dramatic major eruption took place. It involved a huge visible plume of smoke and steam, full-blown pyroclastic flow. It ended up covering nearly all the walking path on the island, but it took place at night. So nobody was on the island. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. Uh, But because the volcano is both so active and so frequently visited, researchers have long kept an eye on the island. So when researchers visited the island three weeks after the eruption, when it was safe to do... Oh, oh, that's where I ended the sentence. That's terrible writing. Anyway, they went three weeks later after this eruption in April. Um, And they, they did a study. They conducted a study. And after several years of research... They released their findings in April of 2019. So this was three years after the eruption and just like, uh, how am I blanking on how many months are in the air? Like eight months before the eruption we're going to talk about. Uh, this, This report that they said, it warned that, quote, these eruptions clearly pose a significant hazard to the tourists that visit the island, end quote. So it was in black and white that this is a dangerous place. So even at the point of this sizable event, the warning level on the volcano was only at level one. So this is a good time to talk about the warning system at this point um, in New Zealand at the time. So GeoNet or GNS, the New Zealand, uh, well, it's, it's a joint service of the New Zealand Earthquake Commission and GNS Science. They developed the alert system in 2014 and the levels of warning of a possible volcanic eruption and that's issued individually for each volcano were labeled from zero to five. So zero is like we see no signs of eruption happening at any point 
coming up. Uh, and five, and then three, four, and five are all active eruptions. So, and then one and two is an elevated risk of, of eruptions. But aside from these levels, there were no actions or required um, warnings or anything beyond that. So it wasn't like, well, a level one means that you have to be ready by X, Y, Z, whatever. Level two means this. It was just meant to like give you a heads up. It was kind of arbitrary. Kind of, yeah. right? Um, and it also didn't carry any legal weight. So there was no required action on the part of the government or on the, the tour companies or anything. Of course, in retrospect, this system would be called into question, but at the time, that's where it was. And all this is to say that scientists did, and of course still do, keep a close eye on Fakati, but it's complicated to predict a volcanic eruption. It's You don't always see the signs in your equipment that, I mean, it's unpredictable for a reason, mm-hmm. right? There's only so much predicting you can do of natural disasters, so... Um, in any event, three years before the, sorry, three weeks, there's a big difference. <laughs> three weeks before the events we're about to discuss, GNS had elevated the risk to level two. So they were in a heightened risk. Uh, and the tour companies and the cruise lines they worked with were aware of this, but they did choose to keep the tours going during this time of elevated risk. So they were aware. That has been determined. Um, and it wasn't unusual at all because it was considered safe for tourists to operate on any warning level lower than level three. And remember, three means actually right. erupting. Yeah. So, um, also, Fakari had developed a reputation, even though it was active, as a quote safe volcano, which is that's an just oxymoron. A, I was just going to say the exact same word. Like that is an oxymoron, mm-hmm. unless it's dormant, and there's all sorts of ways to there's all sorts of ways to tell how it's not dormant and obviously this is not the case with this one right Mm -hmm. uh yeah that 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 is exactly that an oxymoron yeah it's a safe volcano Mm -hmm. also it's it's a safe ar-15 right (laughs) well i have the safety on of course it's safe it's completely safe Also, no fatalities had occurred there in modern times. Yes, during the mining. Mm-hmm. But that was a landslide, but that's too. To, that was something different, and it was ages ago. But that's to be expected. They're just miners. Well, they were miners. Eventually, they die <laughs> Well, while doing their especially job. Especially in 1914. <laughs> yeah. So even today, mm-hmm. uh, Pike River yes, Mine? God, yeah. Anybody? Because that was Fucking a New Zealand disaster. West Virginia, anybody? Well, like, yes. Jesus Christ. But we're actually, next week, we're going to talk about Pike River Mine. You remember that, where the miners yes, got caught? Mm-hmm. And they Didn't they... Uh, so spoiler alert, they they did right. just just into Arden promised to go ahead and like see what they could do to recover the bodies. Uh, it this only got resolved two months ago, March. They, okay. So they sent they started digging in and they 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 had a team. They dug in about two kilometers and they said that it was going to be too expensive and um, not feasible to continue. Well, so they called not, it off. If it's not safe, then it's just not safe. Well, that's the yeah. Yeah. Then there's no point after that. Yeah. It sucks. Those people are entombed there, but yeah, yeah. So um, now, flashing forward a little bit to our actual time frame of December of 2019. So uh, it was a busy season for Fakati. This is peak summer tourism time. 
many of the tour companies for Fakari were based in Fakatani, which is a coastal town on the mainland of the North Island of New Zealand. Uh, and like I said, it's about 48 kilometers or 30 miles south, slightly southwest of Fakati. So Fakatane is a town of around 17,000 people, over 40% of whom are Maori with deep Maori roots. Uh, because Fakatane was one of the first places in New Zealand reached by Eastern Polynesian settlers to establish the Maori people as the first settlers um, in the country. Mm-hmm. So. The exclusive license holder for boat tours to Fakati was White Island Tours, a company that worked out of Fakatani or was based in Fakatani. Uh, so as far as their helicopter tours, right, which we will be talking about, but the only boats allowed to go there were from White Island Tours. The company had been purchased in 2017 by Fakatani Maori tribe Ngati Awa with funds from a state-funded program meant to essentially like serve as a version of reparations uh, for the theft by colonists of Maori land. <laughs> they're like, they brainstormed it. They're like, here we go. Well, there's money. They're like, yeah, but they're like, how about a boat tour too? <laughs> no, it no, was kidding. it was funded. <laughs> I know. Yeah. They're like, yeah. we'll throw one of those in on the side. But you gotta admit, it's more than we've ever done. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, put, sure. We put yeah. our indigenous people into reservations. <laughs> and during during a certain and war, and killed men and, most. And, and during a certain war, I literally put them in concentration camps. Yes. Oh, yes. We've been horribly, horribly. Uh, massacring to the indigenous peoples of our land. So, um, I don't know. I feel like it's something and we've done jack shit. So I don't know. I know that it's complicated in all countries with indigenous populations, uh, and then settlers, which is most countries, but well, it just goes to show that human beings all over the world can be a scourge to their own race. (laughs) It's mostly white people. It is. Spoiler alert. Mostly. (laughs) Um, White Island Tours was friendly with the air-based tour companies in Fakatani as well, including helicopter tour companies Kahu and Volcanic Air. And Volcanic Air was owned by former Special Forces soldier Mark Law. That will come into play. Oh, but it will. The groups would often coordinate with each other to ensure that the island didn't become overwhelmed and clogged with tourists, especially during the busy season and then many of those uh, who worked in these companies knew and or had worked with each other in the past for example volcanic air pilot brian DePaw, who we'll talk about uh, had trained at kahu so even though these were all technically competitors because they were all tour companies going to the same place they all knew like they all knew the island immensely mm-hmm. well because they were guides and in, in, in i, it. I and, hope so yes yeah and and we'll talk about how experience too. Um, but then also there was a sense of like working together, even sure. though they were in separate companies. So now White Island Tours would work in tandem with cruise ships to offer excursions to their passengers. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you've never been on a cruise. I have not. No. So were you aware of this that when a cruise ports, they typically offer excursions? 
Oh, I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've known I've known several people that have been on cruises, and okay. that's, that's kind of a, a feature, too. Yes. It's like, so we're going to stop at this place, and you can do these things. Right. Now, it's yeah. almost always at an additional charge. Sure. So, you don't have to do any excursions. Right. You, you can just stay on the ship. Them. You can stay on the ship, or yeah. you can just go walk around the port. Mm. Like, you don't have to do an excursion. But usually, these excursions are specific to the place you're visiting. Like, sure. you're in the Caribbean, go v- swim with the dolphins, mm-hmm. or... Um, Which I would love to do that'd be so much fun okay have fun <laughs> nature stays where it is i stay where i am well, we're we have, happy to get well we have there. cats they're domesticated <laughs> it's entirely different anyway or at least swim with otters that would be even more fun <laughs> otters that, are that, so that, cute that would, that would be a blast but why do i get the feeling that they would rip something apart if they had to they seem a little wily well, they could. They're I mean, adorable. They, yes. Well, I mean, they they eat fish, it's so they right. they, they do have apart. yes, and they they have Shark claws. Teeth. I don't think they do that to humans though. They're smaller than humans. Yeah. Can. <laughs> can you imagine getting mauled by a, I know. a flock of it'd be, otters? It'd be the cutest way to die. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope nobody's ever died that way because then I'm going to feel horrible. <laughs> yes, and I doubt it was cute for them. For the rest of us, yes. Oh, I hope nobody's <laughs> ever been killed by a group of otters. What do you think a group of otters is called? <laughs> Uh, a totes adorbs. Uh, yes, a totes adorbs. <laughs> there was a totes just a tote, a tote of otters. A, a tote of otters. That sounds yes. good. Or an, an adorb. Tote. An adorb of otters. Adorbs of otters. <laughs> um, so these excursions are like contracted, right? So they're uh, they're advertised by the cruise line to the cruise uh, guests or to the cruise yeah, guests. I guess is the word. Sure. Um, and then they pair with local companies. These are not our customers. They are our <laughs> guests. guests. Right. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> well, that was the whole, like, team members. Yeah. And, yeah. These are insufferable souls is what they are. <laughs> um, so in December of 2019, Royal Caribbean's Ovation of the Seas was uh, doing a mostly New Zealand tour. It was... Uh, 12, 12 night or 12 day, 12 day, I believe, uh, Australia and New Zealand tour. So it ported in and out of Australia and then toured New Zealand. Um, and they were offering these excursions to one of them being visiting Fakatani, uh, through White Island tours. So here we're at this particular port and I'm not sure if they ported, I couldn't find where they they, where they were at port uh, during this excursion. I imagine Fakatani would make sense, but I don't know for sure. Um, but they were offering them three excursions at this port. One was Fakati, one was whitewater rafting, and one was called Hobbiton. <laughs> and it was to visit Lord of the Rings. I was just going to say, like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, it, yes, it's, yes. I'm like, it's too much of a joke. Yes, like, no, it's actually like visiting. Filming sites from Lord of the Rings. That would be cool. It's famously sure. known, yeah. right? That, and, pl- and plus, the cinematography in Lord of the Rings was freaking gorgeous. Well, because New yeah. Zealand is yeah. freaking gorgeous, you yeah. know? It's like one of the few movies I've seen. It's like, I want to go there, like wherever they are. Like, and yet, I, yeah. you keep. Well, I didn't realize at the time it was in New Zealand (laughs) and you had to fly for 55 hours to get there. Well, see, we just need to make our way there like leg by leg, like individual small. Although at some point you have to fly over the Pacific. That's the main thing. That's a long ways. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'll take a cruise ship instead. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if you take a cruise ship from like Hawaii. That would to, be a long cruise. I, it would I be doubt, a long cruise. I doubt they do And those. also, do you want to be just alone on open water for days on end? That is a little scarier to me than just flying. Well, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> like, do you sure. want to be in the middle of the as, Pacific Ocean? As long as I have access to a jet ski, then I'm fine. You wouldn't while, I, while I, you're I'm, on open water. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like you could, s- you could still get devoured by a twenty foot wave on a jet ski. Yeah, they're not letting you. <laughs> no. To be clear, they never let you in the ocean up or no, a cruise hell ship. No. That's why they have all those uh, wave pools. Yeah. And, yeah. Everything. On you're board. on the ocean. You're just not on the ocean. You're in water on the ocean. On the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bizarre, but you you're know. on the on the ocean. On the on the ocean. That's right. So those were their three options, or of course they could just stay on board the ship or, or explore their own port, whatever. So the Fakati trip specifically was an additional charge of $320. Now, I th- I'm pretty sure that that was New Zealand dollars. At the present day exchange rate, that would be around $235, okay. um, which is pretty par for the course for like, because uh, you are paying for an experience, right? Sure. So these are not like. $50 experiences, so um, I don't know, maybe Hobbiton is but <laughs> if you just walk around in like little robes mm-hmm. and eat potato stew, I don't know You just find the little houses <laughs> yeah, Little yes. tiny houses <laughs> um, So later several passengers would tell their, st- uh, uh, ovation passengers would tell their stories about how they were like, oh maybe I'll go to Fakati and then like at the last minute they just like there was literally a story where one guy was like, we just decided to do the Lord of the Rings thing instead and never has choosing the lamer excursion paid off right for somebody. But can you imagine how frightening that would be looking back at it? Like oh sure to bullet dodged yeah. you know that would just be um, also possible survivor's guilt you know that man that could have been me so um, so some of those who decided to take the Fakati excursion on December 9th did so like just spur of the moment some had planned it for weeks as part of their cruise like usually well at least on some of the excursions like you can decide like the day before you're gonna do it just as long as you pay you know and and there's room. It might get booked up, but if it's not, then you can get in. So White Island Tours launched three separate boats that day, December 9th, to transport the various groups of tourists booked. So I couldn't find anything that explicitly said if the other boats, aside from the group that we're going to talk about, were from the Ovation or if they were just from other other cruises, um, j- just out of Fakatani, whatever, you know, just people visiting. Um, but anyway, there were, there were three boats. So the PJ-4 left at 9.30, the Phoenix left at 10.30, and Tepuya Fakari, which if you'll remember is the name of the island in Maori, mm-hmm. uh, left at 11.30. So they all leave like in these staggered sure. times. The tours on the island ran about an hour and a half, like 90 minutes each. And it took the same amount of time to travel between the island and Fakatani. So all told, you're talking about like four and a half to five hours. Sure. Round trip. Which for like $235. Not bad. That's pretty decent. Getting the money's worth. And and you get a complimentary lunch too, apparently, in the process. So So the Tapuya Fakati held a group of 38 passengers from the Ovation, along with four guides and then the boat's captain, David Plews. So one of the guides was 40-year-old Hayden Marshall Inman, a highly experienced veteran of White Island tours. He usually was a captain on okay. the tours, but he had actually volunteered to play tour guide because of how booked they were that day. They were so busy. 
um, this is this is Hayden. And does he look? He looks like, like a news forty year old like New, a New Zealand, Zealand tour, tour guide. guide. Yes, yes, he's he does. holding like two giant lobsters. <laughs> yes. things. And, and he, what we don't see in the in the background, he, there's probably like a crocodile that he like successfully he like, like wrestled like, down to the ground. He looks like a <laughs> younger, cooler, handsomer Steve Irwin. I love a Steve Irwin. He was adorable, but this guy's more like yeah. This guy looks more like adventurer. Like a, he looks type. more of like a mercenary. Well, or uh, <laughs> yeah. he, well, he's young and fit is what he looks. Yeah. So, and he looks like somebody who does exactly what he did. Yes. So. Um, it was in his DNA, clearly, like when he was born. Like, well, yes, this, his family, this, this yes. person will be a his tour guide. His dad did this, too. Oh, okay, that I makes didn't sense, put that too. in there, but I read that his dad uh, gave tours of Fakati, too. Um, now, I will not be showing photos of everybody that I'm going to talk about, sure. because it will start being a parade of sadness if we see them all, especially because the pictures that were published of all of them are happy family pictures mm-hmm. from, like, Facebook, right? So... Um, so when I say Hayden was highly experienced, apparently he actually kept a log of how many times he had been on Fakari. And this trip on board the Tapuya Fakari was um, his 1,111th trip. Wow. At age 40. So if he'd gone there every single day, that would still take a little over almost four years. Right. But he'd been doing it for eight sure. years. So yeah. apparently he also was in Maine for a time. So he wasn't in New Zealand. That's probably where they like, took this picture. He's the got the lobsters. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this isn't New Zealand at all. Maybe this is summer yeah, it in looks, Maine. Yeah, looks kind of gray and cloudy back there. Yeah, that can't be New Zealand. <laughs> oh, it must be funny. Maine. That's funny. Maybe. But it, clearly he's like an outdoorsy, adventurous type. Sure. Would not be surprised if he was like, let me go hike in the woods of Maine, you yeah. know, like just to get up adventure spirit. I admire it because I don't have it, so. (laughs) You just wear the clothes of somebody who might. (laughs) That's true. I do love, like, Eddie Bauer. (laughs) As you said, you you like to look like you're going camping without going camping. Never going camping. Never, never, never voluntarily. Um, So he and also 25-year-old guide Kelsey Waghorn are featured on that YouTube video I talked about. So that was taken about a year, or posted at least, a year and a half before this incident. And um, it's a little eerie because of what's going to happen. But uh, they were both featured on it. Another guide present and in training, just one month in on his job uh, at White Island Tours, was 24-year-old Tepene Mangi, who had also picked up a shift on his day off. He he pitched in to help basically which which is very sad and also kind of shows just like the spirit of helping out they i mean i would think they probably liked their jobs if they were willing to yeah whatever it's my day off but i don't mind um so and then also assisting them as tour guide was jake milbank it was his 19th birthday that day Mm. so he was turning 19 on that day so he was born in 2000. He was born in 2000, yeah. So this, because, because this was a cruise excursion, most people go on cruises with family and friends, right? It's a, I, I mean, I guess you can go alone. Maybe on like a singles cruise or something, but um, otherwise it's a little sad because you usually do stuff with people. Sure. Although you can meet people on the ship. Anyway, now I'm getting into a weird little side thing. But anyway, so there were many groups of people within this larger group. So uh, here are... Some of the people, and I'll go into that, aboard the ovation who went to Fakati that day. So there was the Browett family of Melbourne, uh, or Melbourne. Melbourne. 
who uh, I mentioned Stephanie already, right? Uh, 23-year-old Stephanie Browett. She was there with her father, Paul, and her 21-year-old sister, uh, Crystal. This is Stephanie Whoa. and Paul. Hmm. Just a cute little father-daughter picture. And then here's what's going to be creepy. Um, this is pictures of them on the island right mm, before the eruption. Mm. So that's Stephanie. And this is, unfortunately, that is their last little group picture, mm-hmm. the two of them with their dad. Well, I mean, you can tell they also do a lot of tours here because everybody's wearing... Um, Gas masks. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. We will talk about that. And yeah. helmets, too. They're all yep. wearing helmets. Mm-hmm. 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 So uh, they were also there with Marie Browett, who's Paul's wife and the, the girl's mom's the girl's mom. Uh, but she decided to pass on the excursion. Mm. She's like, you guys go. That's fine. And she stayed on board. So a lot of really heartbreaking, like who went, sure. who didn't, right? Um, also there was 72 year old John Kozad and his adult son, Chris Kozad, both of New South Wales. So they were on the cruise to celebrate Chris's 20th wedding anniversary with his wife, Bianca, their three daughters, and then other family members. John said, Chris, and some, you can tell who's going to live and who's going to die based on some of this information. Um, John said that Chris was really enthusiastic about the excursion and knew a lot of, like he had done a lot of research on the volcano. I think it would be something for people who are like not, adventurous, right? Yeah. Not like, a, oh, we'll try this and be like, no, I'm definitely doing this. Well, It'd it makes those... sense too. Why, like, in some cases, it was like the mom is like, eh, why yeah. don't you guys just go ahead and do that? Like, that sounds a little intense for me, maybe. Yeah, you know, so they're like, I'm gonna go check out Hobbit Homes, <laughs> right? Now, I am not intimating that Marie Browett was like a wimp or anything like that, or that like just, only a woman would would turn down to no, do that. Probably just wasn't I'm her just thing. saying different people made different choices, yeah. right? Just based on what was they were interested in, what they weren't. Maybe some people thought that sounds kind of boring, like just going on a hike. I, I probably would have done it. I would have been like this. Well, especially if you'd it, we'll watch that YouTube video. It does look. To be fair, it looks really cool. If you think I'm about it in sure. retrospect, sure it's a terrible idea. It. But yeah. well, no, it's it's of a completely different tour. I know, but group, still, but it's just I don't know. I, weird, I gotcha. I gotcha. So there's also the Dallow Hosking family, which was parents Gavin and Lisa Dallow, and Lisa's 17 year old daughter Zoe Hosking. There were three friends, all in their 30s: uh, Jason Griffiths, Carla Matthews, and Carla's partner Rick Elzer, all from uh, Coffs Harbor, New South Wales. The Hollander family of Sydney, as you can tell, the majority of these visitors were from Australia. Um, so parents Martin and Barbara Hollander were there with their were there with their two kids, sixteen year old Barrand and thirteen year old Matthew. Unfortunately, there were children um, there. The Langford family of North Sydney, parents Anthony and Christine, their two kids, nineteen year old Jesse and seventeen year old Christine. Sydney couple Marion and Nick London, aged uh, 56 and 58, respectively. Remember, I said that, like, this wasn't a strenuous hike. So you could even be in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and, like, uh, John Kozad was 72. Right. And be okay. It's not like this was strenuous. It was hot. That was the one thing, because this is in the middle of summer on, like, rock. So there was that. Um, American couple Rick Reed and Ivy Cone Reed. There was a mother and daughter from Brisbane, 47-year-old Julie Richards and 20-year-old Jessica Richards, um, an Atlanta, Georgia couple, Paul and Mary Singh, and then a 
A couple from Virginia on their honeymoon. Mm. Uh, 32-year-old Lauren Yuri and 36-year-old Matthew Yuri. Now, I did a very morbid and weird thing today where I literally had a post-it note and I was um, trying to find the names of everybody on this tour. And I, I was like uh, tick marking it. Mm. hash marking everybody and all that just totaled 29 people and i said that there were 38 so there's nine people's names missing Mm -hmm. now unfortunately the names that i mentioned most of those people their names are and ages and information are out there because they were among the dead Mm -hmm. most of the people i just listed died the majority um and so i imagine that the bulk of the people whose names I couldn't find survived. Sure. And because they survived, there's a good chance they maybe want their names not Privacy. to be out there. Yeah. So I stopped digging because yeah. I was like, maybe that's just what Maybe that it's means. for a reason. Yep. And so yeah. maybe we just leave that alone. So um, so the Tepuya Fakari anchored in Crater Bay off the coast of White Island around 1 p.m. right on time. And they ferried the guides and the 38 tourists ashore in rubber dinghies. So they didn't dock at the island. They anchored offshore and then uh, tendered, right? To uh, There was like a makeshift, um, I shouldn't say makeshift, but there was like a little sort of dock area with like sure. a little staircase that led down in railings. Yeah. and um, Just to make it more friendly to the tour groups, I guess. So of the 38 people, um, 24 were Australian. The rest represented the U.S., U.K., China, and Malaysia, and then their New Zealand guides. So as the Tepuya Fakati group were disembarking, so getting on the um, on the island, the group aboard the Phoenix were on the back third of their tour, right? They were starting to wrap up their tour. This was so that nobody would, you know, no, no single place would get backlogged or clogged up. Everybody would be moving around sort of at the same time. Um, so they were going to get ready to reboard their ship, get their lunch, and head back to Fakatani. So also on the island was a helicopter from Volcanic Air, piloted by Brian DePaul, who I mentioned earlier. And he had brought a group of four German tourists with him. Um, I could not find information on two of the tourists, uh, but there were two tourists, uh, Angelica and Horst Westenfelder. Um, but that that's the only people I know of. Uh, so... Uh, based on the information that I do have on those present, it is possible, again, I don't know for sure, but it's possible that Horst Westenfelder was actually the oldest, oh, I, I say this, but uh, never mind, um, he may have been the oldest casualty, but um, John Kozad was 72, so he was, of the people I know, the oldest, like, on the island, and then um, Matthew Hollander was 13, hmm. so I think he was likely the youngest. So those on the island were provided with hard hats and gas masks so that they could breathe when they reached the overwhelming steam and the horrible smell of sulfur. Sure, <laughs> Which yes. you know what that smells like mm-hmm. uh, coming from the vents near the crater. That's that rotten egg smell. Mm-hmm. Say, yeah. So Stephanie Browett's accounts of what happened that day are among the most published because of her openness and willingness to talk. She's kind of become one of the spokespeople of the survivors of this ex- uh, eruption. So a lot of like the witness accounts come from her and from her experiences. So, And she's also on social media and sharing this information. So 
Around 1.30 p.m., so the Phoenix group was getting back to the ship. They were leaving uh, just the Ovation and the Volcanic Air groups. Uh, Stephanie mentioned that one of the guides, and she didn't mention which, but from what I can piece together, she was in Hayden's group. So the the group of 42 from Ovation, because remember the 38 plus the four guides, split into two groups. One was led by Hayden and one was led by Kelsey. And from what I can piece together, I suspect she was in Hayden's group. So I think she's talking about Hayden here, but I'm not positive. So um, she mentioned that her guide was indicating that they were getting very nervous about the activity level that Mm. they were observing on the volcano. And especially if Hayden was so familiar with Fakati or uh, yes, Fakati. Sorry, I was getting it mixed up with Fakatani. Um, With Fakati, he probably knew what was normal and what wasn't. So that may have started making him a little nervous. And at that time, they also mentioned that the volcano warning level was at two, Hmm. which was news to Stephanie. Hmm. Nobody told the people going on that tour that. Um, Then back aboard the Phoenix. So this is the ship that's getting ready to leave. And actually, before they were going to go all the way back to Fakatani, the last thing that they did was just take a tour around the island, right? Sure, So that everybody makes sense. could see the whole yeah. the whole island from, from a little bit of a distance. Because I'm, I'm sure it looks pretty cool from a boat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, right? Um, so aboard the Phoenix, one of the guides also seemed to have a bad feeling about things. There was water flowing out of the crater, and this guide said, quote, I'm a little bit worried why it's going green. End quote. Mm. So, like, what's? I guess something different is happening, and these guides know this well, it's volcano probably, more than anybody. My guess would be it's a uh, is it's actually a chemical imbalance, and maybe or a chemical is starting to come out that and, only comes out on eruptions, and or? it's and that's why it's that's why the water turned that color, mm. um, and that's usually a sign, especially if you're on a volcanic island of yeah. okay, because there's all there are. Volcanic islands are fascinating as far as mm-hmm. the minerals and things that are oh, contained yeah. in them. Oh, like yeah. very, it's literally stuff that's that rose from within the earth. Yeah, it's I from mean, the it's, Earth's crust. Yes, yeah. or so, um, <laughs> below the Earth's yes. crust. Yes, yeah. so I mean, yeah. uh, the geology of a volcano is fascinating. Oh yes, terrifying and deadly as fuck. Very I terrifying. mean, there's all there are just all sorts of chemicals that are naturally in the air, vapors that are in the air, and that's why they're all wearing gas masks. Well, you well, know? yeah, especially mostly when for the certain... mostly for the sulfur. Yes, but all, and but to also, be, but yeah, but yeah. also there are there is poisonous gas on. Well, and I'm sure that was also part of it. Is you're going to have these gas masks just in case too. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Um. So yes, concern red flags seem to be raised by the people who know the island. So. Um, a little after 2 p.m., Hayden's group of 21, including him, was down by the crater, and then Kelsey's group was closer to the shore. And there's actually the Outside Magazine article had a really great illustration that shows kind of where everybody was. So, uh, this is the boat that they came from, the Tipuia mm-hmm. Fakati. Uh, there's a landing where the boat can land, and here's Kelsey's group, really close to the landing, right? Um, this is where the old mining operation was. Uh, this is where the, uh, helicopter group was. 
And then here's where Hayden's group was, much farther in, right? And then here's the inner crater. Okay. And then there's the boat, the Phoenix, the one that was leaving. So it was working its way around the island, right? At a little bit of a distance. So that's kind of roughly where everybody was. And then Kelsey's group was getting ready just, just momentarily to go further in to join Hayden's group towards the crater. So the timing of this eruption ended up being... This this is the weirdest story of, like, deciding to go on the excursion. Mm-hmm. Not deciding to go. Um, being on the first boat, being on the second boat, right. being on the third boat. Uh, deci- uh, it was just all chance. Uh, it was so, yeah. So at 2.10 p.m. local time, 47 people, 42 were from White Island Tours, 5 from Volcanic Air, were on the island of Fakati. The Phoenix, the boat, was circling the island. They were ready to wrap up its tour. Visitors were taking last pictures. This is 2019, so full-blown, all the technology we have now, basically, you know, the cell phone footage, all that, posting to Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. and everything. And some people probably had, like, their own high-speed, like, digital cameras oh, and yeah, stuff like, like that, too. Oh, yeah, like, photographers. <clears throat> actual place, amateur yes. photographers and, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. At 2.11 p.m. local time... There was a loud cracking sound, and black smoke began to billow out of Fakati. According to Stephanie, her her tour guide, again, may have been Hayden, but we're not sure, knew exactly what was happening and screamed, run. Aboard the Tipui of Fakati, David Plews got on the radio, like, I, I, and by radio, I think it's uh, going back to the guides, mm-hmm. right, who have the, their radios to communicate with him, and he just yelled, evacuate, 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 as, like, rapid fire on the radio. And I would hope that they have some sort of code, code word for that situation, and maybe, well, that, maybe, that, was, was maybe that was it, you know. <laughs> well, and... And I'm but, guessing... But, so, but, a, but a signal system being like, okay, the, Well, the, the radio are, protocol. Mm-hmm. That's why they wore the radio, yeah. so that they could be in touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Crystal Browett actually filmed some of the eruption while running away on her cell phone. And the footage is available to watch. Um, it's not super clear. It's clear that she's running. Mm-hmm. Um, so that things are not in focus or whatever. Here is a picture from Crystal Browett's cell phone mm-hmm. that happened, like, just prior to the eruption. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Additionally, people aboard the Phoenix, the whole point is that they were getting to see the island. They filmed and took pictures of the eruption. In fact, I'm pretty sure one of the first word out to, like, the world was a guy on the Phoenix tweeted about it mm. and shared pictures and was like, hey, this, news this outlets, thing, this use, thing just use these pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and imagine these people had left this island like 30 minutes earlier mm-hmm. and were watching it go up in smoke, literally. And here's some of their pictures. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Just avoided it. Yep. And, and even not really because the plume is coming towards them. Well, yeah. so the Phoenix crew immediately sped away. And they actually narrowly escaped some of the ash mm-hmm. getting on them. So so fortunately, quick quick reactions, quick thinking, everybody they're like, on board they're like, the we're Phoenix out of here. was fine. Uh-huh. They just got they just 
put some distance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, stick some miles between <laughs> you and me sort of thing. Um, the smoke, unfortunately, uh, quickly overcame the 47 people trying desperately to f- flee the island. They couldn't see anything. Like, it got dark. Uh, the, a lot of them said, like, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face sort of a thing. But they all soon felt the effects of the white-hot debris flying through the air. So Matt Yuri, the honeymooner from Virginia there with his wife, would later say, quote, it was just hot. Everything was burning. You could feel your skin burning, mm. end quote. His wife Lauren said, quote, that moment was so horrific, end quote, and, quote, my body was shutting down, mm. quote. Can you imagine feeling your body, like, start to turn off? Mm-mm. Brian DePaw, the pilot uh, from Volcanic Air, yelled at the four people with him, the the tourists with him, to jump into the water. They were close enough to jump into the water. They could escape some of the smoke and also start uh, cooling off. Cooling off, exactly. Even though the water is going to get warm too, but it's not going to get as warm as what it is on land. Right. Yeah. So he jumped in the water and two of his tourists were able to jump in with him. Um, Two were not. So in pain, blinded by smoke, struggling to breathe, those who remained on Fakati were slammed violently to the ground where they rolled from the impact. Those who were in the crater at the time of the eruption, there's evidence they had been facing the direction of the blast, Jesus. looking back at the smoke, which makes sense if you hear something, you turn around in mm-hmm. a, just an automatic reaction. And then they were unable to turn back around and run before they started being pelted uh, by all the debris. And even those along the shore were overcome by it. Um, Ash covered the entire island. Uh, Matt said it was like, quote, walking on the moon, Mm. end quote. And there are pictures like there is ash everywhere. Along with the violent steam and ash of the eruption was a chemical composition that created both hydrochloric and hydrofluoric mm, acid, Jesus. both of which are acids mm-hmm. and highly corrosive and highly dangerous when inhaled or exposed to skin. I actually work with hydrochloric acid. Yeah, I'm sure whole, it's hazmat, whole thing. There is a whole, yes, whenever you're adding it to the bioreactors, there is a whole protocol. Well, I have to wear like a big uh, giant apron. Uh-huh. Rubber gloves. Um, rubber gloves. Really thick rubber gloves mm-hmm. um, in a full face shield. Yep. So. Yep. Because if it touches your skin. Oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah, it'll burn you. Just if just a drop would burn your skin. And that's what was overcoming these people. Mm-hmm. Like, literally all of Yeah, I can't bodies. imagine it. Having it, no. No way. This is possibly one of the more horrifying things we've mm-hmm. ever covered in terms of physically what happened to people. So... The worst is about to my I'm I'm down to the last two sentences, but I'm about to get in the most grisly descriptions. So warning. The descriptions Trigger of, warning. Yeah. The descriptions of what the bodies of those on Fakati mm, went through. I can already imagine. Get very grisly. You can plug your ears if you want. Mm-hmm. Fair warning. Stephanie recalled she saw her skin was loose on her body. Oh, God. And that her nails were hanging off her fingers. Lauren said it was all, quote, like a scene from a horror movie, end quote. Stephanie said, quote, everyone was just petrified, end quote. And that's where we're going to stop this Mm. week, because you can see how much information. I mean, this just happened a year and a half ago. There's a lot of information on this, a lot to distill. And we're going to get into 
what happens after this is its own story. Sure. So we know we've already announced up top. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. About half of everybody. A little more than half of everybody survived. So people survived yes, this. But they saw people who didn't. How did they survive? And what happened to the people who didn't? And then what happened to the people to survive? Spoiler alert, nobody got away without burns. Oh, hell no. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll give a, a little just thing about Stephanie, who I'll talk more about next week. But so Stephanie was one of the mo- more severely injured survivors. Mm-hmm. I'll g- I, I didn't look it up because I hadn't gotten to that part in the research, but a huge portion of her body was covered in burns. Yeah. Um, or, or was burned. And uh, so when I first came across her on TikTok, uh, she, she, her, her appearance is distinct because she wears a mask on her face. Like oh, a, yeah, you've shown me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like a nylon yeah. face mask, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like literally, you and can it's, see her it's, nose, it's you can for, see her mouth, and you can for, see her uh, eyes. It's for burns. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. it is for her skin. And yeah. she wears them on other parts of her body, too, mm-hmm. like her hands um, and, and different things. But she talks through a lot of her recovery, which a year and a half later, like she's still still going through it and it's going to be years and years and years yeah. and years it's probably going to be forever probably for the rest of her life yeah. i mean and she was only 23 at the mm-hmm. time so and she's what 24 25 now depending on when her birthday was um and the frankness and openness that she's willing to talk about a lot of it with uh or and like she's shown parts of her body mm-hmm. without the um coverings like her legs parts she hasn't and that's complete i mean oh my goodness what like to be willing to share any of this is um is very takes a lot of strength i'm sure um but even like she was one of the most severely injured but in the the 60 minutes australia they interviewed um uh john coat Kozad, I hope I'm saying his name right, and uh, Lauren and my, uh, Matthew uh, Yuri, mm-hmm. and they were bo- they were all visibly burned, like they were visibly scarred from their burns, um, and like basically nobody got out of this. Well, it's not surprising. It's not surprising close. that anybody who survives had severe burns, right? Because I mean, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that I mean, was we, the we, we know just we know. Even this is this is a smaller eruption. Like this didn't shake the earth or anything. It didn't really. set off a tsunami or anything right. like that. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's literally fucking. When you're on a volcano, any <laughs> yeah. eruption isn't going to be good. And here's the other thing. You know what? This is so bizarre. I don't know what I must have deleted over this in um in my research. I was like, where is that paragraph I I was writing about? So the weird thing about Fakari too is that there's a couple different types of eruptions that can occur there. Um because of the mineral content in the volcano, that mineral the minerals can like deposit along the vents and clog them up basically, okay. long and short. Sure. And then steam can't escape. Oh, which creates even pressure, more pressure cooker is the is the yep. term that keeps popping up in all these articles about the the volcano so when it erupts it's not necessarily like a from the depths of the earth the magma flowed 
it can be a more just like release of pressure, mm-hmm. which isn't the same as like a full blown, okay, we can tell this thing is rumbling. Right. So it's harder to predict. But if you're anywhere on that island, it's like. It's not something you want to be anywhere near. No, if you're anywhere on that you, island, you, you like you're. You don't even want to no be. Chance. You don't even want to be like within 10 miles of it. And these people are on the island. They're on the island, exactly. So that, uh, I don't know why that wasn't in there. I must have accidentally deleted it. But that that is also part of what makes this volcano dangerous is there's like a secondary type of eruption that mm-hmm. can occur. And it's this, this clogging of the vents and then the sudden release of pressure. So, yeah, it's it, the, 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 also the horrible thing, like these people who had to go through this horrific situation and then sustain these horrible injuries were the ones that survived yep. so well and when you said earlier uh you know some people became petrified the the image that came right to my mind is that i'm sure it will to most oh, people oh you meant actual petrification Which, I, I, yeah. I think stephanie meant scared <laughs> oh yes. oh okay i thought you everyone meant... was just petrified no she meant scared oh i Everybody thought they was meant scared no no no, not not like a Mount uh, Vesuvius is yes, what I was thinking not of. Best, uh, Bastille. <laughs> but if you but quote we did, Pompeii, we did. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> the first thing I think of is Bastille's song. But no, 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 not literally petrified. Okay. She meant I thought, scared. She meant okay. frightened. Yes, gotcha. petrified in that way. No, 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 no. Um, no, that's not what she meant. But uh, yeah, she said everybody was terrified. Basically, that's a that's a given. For sure. Yeah. I mean, God damn. And and also, we're not talking fire burns, which no, are horrible. We're, ta- we're talking about from the air, chemical yes. and temperature, which burns, is even worse. Steam burns, which is generally worse. Which is horrible. Yes. No matter what. So yeah. Anyway, uh, next week we get to get into the rescue, which is a thing. I'm sure it is. And then the recovery, which is a I'm, thing, and that's why this is a two-parter because yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure I want to go on with this one. I think <laughs> we're just gonna leave. We're just gonna leave it as a one-parter, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I bet Stephanie wishes that it, it hadn't <laughs> no happened. No shit, right? Right, and and Jesus. forty-seven people and all their friends and family wish it hadn't happened too. See, that's why. That's why I say part of why I like talking, oh, quote, like whatever, talking about disasters is because I think that when it sucks. And when it's not fun to hear about, it's like, yeah, but guess what? We're not the ones who went through it. Mm-hmm. There are people who have to live with this reality every day. And especially something that happened a year and a half ago. There are the families of 22 people who aren't getting away from the fact that their loved ones died. And there's families of 25 people plus 25 people who aren't getting away with the realities of the devastation mm-hmm. that it caused. So, yeah, the least we can do is be willing to do part two. I guess. For Stephanie. Yes. She has a um a PO box she has a PO box listed on her um TikTok and I'm tempted to send her something. Oh, Maybe. okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, this is depressing. This yes. is not, this is not fun. Well, we get to do it again next week, so. So that was part 1 of the 2019 Fukari/White Island eruption. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.